Alive and Kicking is brought to you in association with PartyPoker.com. Sign up now using the bonus code AK90s and PartyPoker will match your initial deposit. Welcome to Alive and Kicking, the 90s football podcast. The podcast that's more 90s than Push Pops, Ring Pops or Space Invader Chris for 10p. We're back after our own international break to bring you some most memorable nostalgia from 25 years ago. My name's Ash Rose and I've been put in charge of this walk down memory lane into a decade that we like to say changed football forever. And tonight we're reliving those playground days of when you used to huddle into a corner and here we got got need as we look back at some of the classic stickers and collectibles from the 1990s so get out your Mernin, your Pelini, your upper deck or any other company that are available we'll have a look and hopefully we'll talk to them all through tonight before i introduce today's guests uh, remember us you can follow us on twitter and on facebook at ak90 so drop us a comment or give us a follow and tweet us any mementos from that era that you might still have well, we love seeing them i know a couple of you've done it already um some of them also with the the stickers are collectible subject tonight we've seen some great stuff uh you tweeting a lot of the orbist world cup 90 album that uh, pretty much kicked off the decade for collectibles so thanks for that and if, if this is the first time you've listened to the show and then go on to itunes and, and listen to the rest of them we've chatted so far about opening days kits a whole host of other subjects check them out and on itunes subscribe and even uh, give us a little rating and review and and share the nostalgia trip for everyone else because we're all loving the 90s right now and uh, the guys here today are as well so let me to introduce tonight's guests and firstly when we had the kit pod i i introduced john devlin uh, as the oracle of kits so now i'm going to move over to the oracle of stickers who's written an absolutely brilliant book the if you ever wanted to know anything about sticker collections particularly panini uh, and later on merlin and tops it's called stuck on you mr greg down. Thanks Good very evening. much for inviting me. I'm looking looking forward to. Obviously, you've got a, you brought your nice collection in. So I have. I, for those, obviously, we know a podcast isn't a visual thing. But next to us, I have bought an array of uh, stickers and collectibles that I'll put on the uh, the Facebook page and the Twitter that you can see. That just for us to to recall in case we uh, like we would forget such brilliant collections. But we have got them here with us today, so I'll put them on. Uh, next to uh, Greg, we have uh, a Fulham fan, um, which, is, which brings a bit of West London rivalry over here. So I, I believe, if I'm right, did you collect the, the 2014 collection last year, if I remember? I started and then gave up. <laughs> <laughs> but it was such a mad thing, as we'll talk about it later, just briefly, because it went mad. But from the Daily Mail, James Andrews. Thank you. Uh, good to be here. Good. Well, Brent, good to have you here. And lastly, um, which is actually bizarre, seeing we've done five shows and not had a Man United fan, and we actually have our first Man United fan on tonight. Um, he's used to writing about more gadget things, so this is completely the opposite to you, isn't it? It's going backwards instead of forwards. Absolutely. So yeah. from uh, Trusted Reviews, Michael Sullivan, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So before we get into the stickers, like, I'm going to do our 90s football CV and try and do it as quick as possible because... We normally get so many tangents talking off these uh, when we do it, but we'll try and get through as quick as possible. But it's good to get to know each of you um, a little bit more and your memories from the decade. I'm going to start with Greg, mainly because we've had a couple of Arsenal fans before, so it's quite interesting to see what view you'd have. So very quickly, in a sentence, I'd like to say, sum up the 90s for Arsenal. Yeah, I, I did think about it, so I made sure I wrote it down. So I remembered <laughs> it. it might be a headline more than a sentence, but uh, a necessary change in culture. Brilliant. That's that, and perfectly summed up as well. Um, as for players in like, Arsenal players, we've had, I think, Liam picked Adams and then Natasha picked Dennis Burkham, which for me 
was, oh, you think you're one of the best players in the night. But for you, one of those or a different Arsenal player? No, I'm going to go with the former. You, to, to not pick Tony Adams from uh, the 90s and probably the, the 80s as well would mm. be uh, sacrilegious. Yeah, fair dudes, fair dudes. And overall, are you going to go for an Arsenal player or are you going to go outside the box? Best 90s player overall? Uh, I, I wanted to, to at least find someone who didn't play for Arsenal throughout <laughs> the 90s. So someone I admired in the, uh, in the first half of the decade was the scourge of England and, and even Norwich City was Dennis Bergkamp. <laughs> I'll allow it because he's Dennis Burkham and as exactly. I've already said on this podcast many a time best uh, foreign player I think the Premier League's ever seen I think this May night fan might agree or disagree with me <laughs> in about two minutes but we'll go over to Fulham because we haven't had this and this is quite interesting Fulham quite a decade of change yes except <laughs> to the word to our mouth James yes <laughs> uh, yeah started off badly I think we started in the third tier at the beginning of the decade went down to the fourth and then it started to change Mickey Adams came in took us up and then Mohamed Al-Fayed came in and everything changed and we left the decade I think mid-table in the second tier under Paul Bracewell who was just about clinging on to his job just before Wilkins and Keegan <laughs> just after that just before Tigano oh Tigano right yeah. Um, so yeah um, yeah decade of change and then it obviously went on in the next decade to be quite an exciting time and your favourite 90s Fulham player I think it would have to be Simon Morgan uh, okay. just because he was there for so long. yeah um, he was there through the through the bad times and then as it got better he played in because he made the Premier League squad as well didn't he I think he left just before, just before I think he went to Brighton just yeah. before but yeah no, he, he came through he was a captain through all those difficult times so I'd say Simon Morgan for my Fulham player and overall 90s footballer it's difficult to disagree with any of the ones that have been said so if I know Gaza and Canton I've come mm. up a lot but I'd say Giggs yeah. um, the goal against Arsenal will obviously be remembered mm. but there's a goal right at the beginning uh, of the Premier League era when he scored against Tottenham I think it was at White Hot Lane where he nutmegged the defender on the edge of the area and took it around Ian Walker and scored from an angle. I just thought back in those early days of the Premier League, he was excellent and mm. he was excellent all the way through. So he did I'd, score I'd, a uh, memorable goal off the road as well. Which <laughs> I'm first to hold my hand up at brilliant goals, and it was he completely turned Darren Peacock into light. If I remember rightly, you'll probably remember it, Michael, quite well. Um, sum up. I mean, it must be the easiest sum up in the world right now. Sum up the '90s for Man United. Uh, it was all right, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't bad, <laughs> it wasn't was it? Bad. Yeah. <laughs> I think glorious is the probably I best word you can say, isn't it? Lots of trophies and uh, kung fu kick, maybe probably something. Yeah, like perfectly. <laughs> um, again, easy. Best nineties player, and I mean, will it, uh, Giggs is a great well, one. Giggs was mine for me. I mean, just to be able to play throughout from the first season all the way to the end is it's just remarkable, and that's to keep that level of uh, ability and play at that level is just unbelievable. Um, yeah, I think he was outstanding throughout throughout that kind of era. So. Definitely, definitely. Giggs is one of the best. And outside of Man United, maybe, is there a best 90s footballer overall for you? I was kind of thinking about this, and I, I wanted to go a little bit outside the box. And around that time, I was watching Italian football start to come on TV. And James for me, um, James Richardson reading the pink newspapers. <laughs> and for me, it was, I don't know why, but Baresi, he looked like oh, he was okay. about 50, <laughs> but he was just a fantastic player. And that, and that just kind of baffled me that a player looked like he was much older than he was just. In that Saki team, in those Saki teams, he was just unbelievable. And I think, yeah, he, apart from the United players and players like Giggs, I think when Italian football was on TV, it was those Milan players just kind of stood out uh, during that time. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, Baresi, I mean, proper defender, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Right, we're going to talk about stickers. We've also got a guest, hopefully, on the phone. Um, I want to just put a little disclaimer out. Um, we're talking stickers and collectibles. I know a couple of you on Twitter mentioned Corinthian figures. We will talk about these, but they'll be in a different pod. They'll be, I've put them on the Toys and Games pod, just because 
there's more to talk about with that on that side and there's so much else uh, collector wise to talk about in the stickers so if you're if you're gonna think and you expect to see corinthians you will just not tonight some point in the future because we i love those figures and i'm sure all the guys here we've already mentioned um they're free to mention it but we won't go into great detail tonight um, before we do speak to our guest and we go into real different types of collection, I just want to throw the first kind of question out, especially to Greg. I mean, you know, having written, literally written the book on it, where were we then in the 90s in terms of stickers? How, in 1990, what, where were Panini? Where, what was the state of the sticker collection in, in this country? Uh, it was in a dreadful state, um, <laughs> mainly because so many companies had uh, come into the to the industry i mean you just looking at uh, what you've got there you've got you've got orbis um obviously you've got panini merlin with their team 90 had, uh, that, that was their their first album uh, the, the sun the daily mirror had done a couple in the in the late 80s and i could go on and on mm. um as as the as the 90s then came into 91 92 we then had uh, lots of card companies i know you're going to come on to to pro set um then Panini did, did their cards and uh, Shooting Stars as well. So as you can as you can see, for a kid uh, looking going into the newsagents of hmm. W. H. Smith, how do you know what to yeah. what, what to buy? There were probably seven eight collections. Yeah, there was uh, in my house for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Panini for their Football '91 did uh, two issues. So at the start of the season, they uh, they produced their their foils and special stickers from the '90 World Cup. And then in January, as they usually did, you had, you had the players coming out. Um, and uh, so obviously that, that was uh, confusing as well. And then ProSet had a good year, and the following year, then they, they issued in three sets as well. Mm. So again, you've got three different packets from one company. So as I say, very difficult, and uh, as, as we'll come on to later, there had to be one company eventually that... Uh, that uh, that dominated and, and there was yeah the magic of Merlin we'll definitely go into uh, in a little bit later on and um, for the other guys I mean James you can cover one that we will cover in, in later in the pub but what was your favourite collection of of the nineties I think the, the the Merlin sticker albums the, the early ones that started so nineteen ninety four I think the first one was and yes I would have been ten years old then and and, and that was all I worried about really <laughs> life was simpler wasn't it, it was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all about getting Mark Crossley in that shiny um, I mean I, I, you, you mentioned at the top that I uh, I started collecting the uh, the 2014 uh, World Cup one and, but when, when I sort of worked it out and how much it might cost me if I uh, so went through I, I just sort of thought I can't I can't I can't <laughs> justify doing this so I had no idea how I justified it as a 10 year old how I did it as a 10 year old yeah. I imagine no pocket money and everything just went on on, on exactly. that but um, I was saving for my wedding last year that, like, <laughs> when the 2014 album came out because I was getting married that year and I looked at that and I looked at my, my beautiful wife and I was like there's no way she's going to let me spend that amount of money on filling an album so <laughs> And Michael, for you, were the same collection, or is there other that one that really does stick out? Well, yeah, it's kind of interesting when you kind of mentioned, kind of asked me to come on, and I kind of went through my collection and tweeted an excellent picture, and uh, I kind of went through and I didn't feel enough. I realised how much I collected, and it literally had a footballer on it. I mm. pretty much collected it. I mean, the Premier League '94 album is the only one I completed, and that's probably kind of still seen as the. An epitome for me, and how much effort. I don't know how many Steve Sedgley's I had. I think I had <laughs> about always 20, one. Mine was Mark twenty Crossley. Steve Sedgley's. Yeah. But I think aside from that, I've actually brought them in. I mean, I went to the effort to put them in actual 
things when I was younger. <laughs> so uh, for those obviously who can't see, it's a beautiful <laughs> 90s proper, I don't know, boots maybe, but maybe I don't know. Not really, not even boots. Well, not even boots, photo <laughs> albums. Like, kids today don't even know what photo, you know, if it's not on Facebook <laughs> or it's not on Instagram. This is a proper photo album full upper deck, 94 so World 94. Cup cards. I mean, I love I loved the packaging. Proper I shiny, kind wasn't it? Of yeah. beg my mum and dad to kind of buy me ones. And then, yeah, I decided to start putting them in here. And then I tried to take them out and they would... Cri- and I was like, I'm not going to take them out. I would never <laughs> take them out. So I think... Apart from the Merlin stuff, the, the upper deck stuff I really loved and really those, got into. I mean, we could talk about this uh, later, but just quickly on those is that I remember they had certain cards in that collection that were, they were out of football gear. Yeah. I swear you may even be with me tonight <laughs> in, amongst all this stuff I've got next to me. There's an Alexi Lalas card. It's a great name from the, uh, from the <laughs> 90s. He was pretty much rocking out on, on the guitar, if we've got it here, I don't know why I'm trying to look for it on a visual podcast, but they're all really random cards. I have got an entire collection in one. There's David Platt on a beach <laughs> with a surfboard. Like They weren't even at the World Cup even. So, right. Well, anyway, we'll talk more about those in a bit. Hopefully, we can now, on the phone, we're going to have former Newcastle and Coventry striker and current TalkSport presenter, Mickey Quinn. Mickey, welcome to Alive and Kicking. Cheers, Ash. How are you, how are you doing? Yeah, very well. Very well. Good, very good. busy at the moment. Football season, the racing season, after dinner speaking. Yeah, full on. Busy, busy man. We're going to take you back, though, to, to the 90s, um, when you had a, a brilliant tash as well, I must mention, first of all. Um, you were... M- M&M it was, Ash. It was an m m Moustache and mullet. Moustache and mullet. That's what the early 90s were about, Mick. Um, 1990, you were at Newcastle. You just finished season, I think it was 39 goals. Um, do you, what do you remember about that season? Because you were the top scorer in, in the Football League at the time, weren't you? Yeah, well, I was the top uh, goal scorer in Europe in any professional league. Thirty-two league goals, um, thirty-nine in total with the cup goals. It was it was sweet and sour for me because I signed that season from Portsmouth for six hundred eighty thousand uh, pounds to a club, Newcastle United, uh, who'd just been relegated, and the fans were in disarray. Um, I remember the number nine shirt, getting the number nine shirt that season, Ash, and. Um, Nobody wanted to wear it, none of the players, because they thought it was a hindrance rather than a help. Because, of course, you had some great legends like McDonald and Milburn and, and, and Hughie Gallagher who wore it. And uh, no one had scored 20 league goals for 20 years. So I got the number nine shirt on, knew I could score goals in that, in that division and got the 32 league goals, 39 in total. Um, it was my most prolific season. I played up front with um, Mark McGee. Mm-hmm. And I always remember sweet and sour. The sour part of it was we got to the playoffs in that division and got knocked out by the Mackhams, Sunderland. So mm. sweet, sweet that I had the most prolific time goal scoring wise in my career, but sour that we didn't get the success I craved uh, with Newcastle mm. through the playoffs. Absolutely. So in the Premier League, when we look at go fast forward to the Premier League era, you moved to Coventry. Um, was there, there was a disagreement with Newcastle. What made you leave Newcastle, and, and why Coventry? Kevin Keegan, basically. Yeah, I mean, when I, when Kevin Keegan, I had three managers in Newcastle. Jim Smith signed me for uh, for that six hundred eighty thousand. Then Jim uh, left, and Ozzy Avilas came in, and then he was only there six months, and things weren't going well with Ozzy. So they pressed a panic button, and then Kevin Keegan came in. And Kevin, I was injured at the time when he came in, and Kevin rushed me back to play because the team was struggling. And I wasn't quite right. And then when I was right, he wouldn't play me. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went in to see him, and he uh, he wasn't really one for uh, one-on-ones. You know, he 
he took uh, things very personal and mm. in the end he dropped me from the team and I kept getting back in I kept scoring goals and in the end I knew he didn't want me there so I cut my losses and went to Coventry and um, with Bobby Gould in this new Premier League and I just thought well do you know what I'll prove him wrong Keegan um, I had one season in the big league in the old division one when it was called then with Portsmouth and we got relegated the same season so I thought it took me a while to get back to the biggest league in the world the Premier League I'm going to let rip which I did um, I scored two goals against Manchester City my first game mm. second game um, was against Aston Villa which was a derby game I got two goals in that we won 3-0 we beat Liverpool 5-1 in the next game um, I got two goals in that one as well and I went in to get which is a Premier League record 10 goals in my first 6 games well, Diego Costa tried to beat that last season, didn't he, Mick? He didn't quite get it there, did he? He didn't get it, and Aguero had a goal, and he didn't get it. And um, I also hold the record, that's for, uh, from your Premier League debut, I've scored in my first six consecutive games, which Aguero only got to five, and Costa only got to five. And I hope you get them next year to do this interview. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have the M&M though, Mick. It's not the same. It's not the same. No, they didn't have the M&M. I'm no, much more, some much you're, more better looking. Something you're, really anyway. remem- you're remembered by um, of that period is the opening day hat-trick uh, at Highbury. What do you remember about that game? Because it was one of those Arsenal, you know, a, a, a double-winning cup team at the time. Commentary didn't really expect to get the win and you came in and scored trouble. Yeah, it was the... Yeah, I remember it very well, actually. It was the uh, New Carling Premier League the new car 93-94 season and the opening fixture with, for Coventry was away at Highbury and they just built the stand do you remember they had the mural there yeah, the, the, the painted uh, faces yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Ian Wright he had a, a song out uh, he, he cut a record do the right thing I remember he wore a silly hat in the video yeah I remember it rightly that yeah. was it yeah. and they were promoting a single all around the ground and two, two weeks prior to the game um, I went to I went on a night out with Phil Babb, uh, Peter Unlove, Johnny Williams, Roy Wegley. And we went to this 70s uh, club, and 70s disco type club. And this funky chicken came on and sung. And it was it was the new Carlin Premier League, but it was also Sky coming yeah. into the game big yeah. now. And, you know, it was the goal celebration that was taken off as well. So we said to the lads, uh, well, we we said to the lads, um, Whoever scored against Arsenal at Highbury, what we'll do is we'll celebrate by doing this funky trick and dance. No one quite well. I mean, they had the England back five. They've won two cups, like you said, the previous season and uh, conceded very few goals. So they're kicked off. New Carling Premier League, 93-94. Little Peter Unlove uh, racing through the Arsenal defence, got to the clock end of the ground at Highbury and got brought down as a penalty. So I stepped up put it past Seaman and then it loses to do the funky chicken chance with the lads <laughs> <laughs> and then it was 1-0 at half time second half um, we were attacking and Roy I was playing up front I was playing sort of central striker Roy Wegley, Peter Unlove were linking up with me as a three and they just caused riot with the Arsenal defence and this time Roy Wegley cut inside the 18 yard box back heeled it I was on the corner of the 18 yard box right hand side and I hit it on the half turn and it went in the top left hand corner by Seaman. That was 2 0. And then I started doing the funky chicken dance again. <laughs> and then 10 minutes to go, um, Adams was playing up front, they were chasing the game. Little Peter on love again went to the bar line, pulled it back. I was on the opposite 
18-yard box, left-hand side, on the half turn, left foot on top right-hand corner past Seaman. And I did feel like chicken that night, I tell you. <laughs> uh, it got folks' worst goal celebration that season oh, as well. No so <laughs> it was sweet and sour again. Sweet and sour. Oh. What did someone like Peter and Love think of the funky chicken? <laughs> They were doing it with me. They were just having a laugh. I mean, listen, if they'd have scored, they would have had to do it. It just happened that I scored. Yeah, yeah. What we did, we had a, we had, we had the meeting and said, whoever scored, we would celebrate by doing this funky chicken because it was a new sky taking yeah. over the Premier League and, and the, uh, you know, goal celebrations. But again, another record there, Ash, that um, no striker uh, for the away team in a league game had scored a hat-trick for 75 years. And then nobody did it after that. Obviously, he didn't do well and turn off Highbury down. So, that was another nice record. Uh, Mickey, you're, you're full of records. And, and before you go, I'm, we're yeah, talking... Well, no, one, no one remembers them until <laughs> someone gets near them. Do you know so what I mean? Well, they remember them now. They remember them now. Before you go, Mick, we, on tonight's podcast, we're talking about stickers and sticker albums. What was it like for a footballer to, to have a sticker of themselves? Well, do you remember the first time? Was it a bit surreal? No, do you know what? I, I wasn't that vain, to tell you the truth. I remember collecting stickers as a kid, and you know, and then it was weird that some of the stickers that you were collecting, you're actually playing against some of the older players, you know, when you were yeah. the in professional football. That was weird, playing against some of the stickers that you collected as a kid. But no, I, I was never one to collect one of myself. I mean, it was, it was I've got a great <laughs> one of you from a. a <laughs> we've got a great one of you here from ninety three, ninety four in that last Coventry kit that we'll put on Twitter later as well. We'll show off that. But thank you very that much for talking lovely. to me. Ash, you take care. You yeah, too, mate. So Thanks a lot, Mick. Thanks a lot. Mickey Quinn. <laughs> Bang on form, absolutely. The funky chicken, brilliant. We'll have to uh, remember that one. Um, he talked. He collected stickers. And he, he talked to us uh, about what he used to collect, and we mentioned the Merlin. Before we get on to Merlin, uh, we briefly mentioned Proset. Um, Greg, explain to us the Proset collection. Because, um, again, slightly different because it went all divisions. Yeah, well, short and sweet. Two years. Uh, the first year, it sold 20 million uh, packets, which in those days, when you consider the Football 93 Panini only sold three to four million, uh, that, that was quite considerable. Um, it was a, a Dallas-based company. They'd, they'd only come into being in the late 80s, but uh, they, they became very big very quickly in, in America. They got the NFL licence. Um, and then he decided that he was going to branch out into uh, English football very very quickly. Mm-hmm. So a, uh, an agent, John Smith from England, uh, got a, a deal with the Football Association, um, launched Proset 1991, and as I say, it, it took off. But unfortunately, a successful company means that others are going to follow in. So there, there were then two other card sets in the following mm. season. Panini did their official players collection. And, Was that the uh, Panini 92 that had the, the triangle logo? Yeah, yeah. yeah, Panini had about six different sets of stickers and <laughs> yeah. cards that, that season, so they, they really didn't know what they were doing. Um, and then Shooting Stars, which was, was actually distributed by Merlin. Got these somewhere. They're on the desk somewhere. But because uh, because Merlin didn't think it would be a success, they didn't actually want to put put their name to it. And uh, and they were proved right. It was a, it was a flop. Um, as was as was Proset's second collection as well. So uh, that that was the end for Proset after two years. And a couple of years later, they went into liquidation. So as I say, short short and sweet. Short and sweet. But yeah. uh, the, I think the most important thing to say is that. Uh, after a long time in the doldrums for cards, they, they reintroduce cards, and obviously now uh, cards are key. Well, yeah, in, uh, cards, well, yeah, match attacks cards, working for, for Kick Magazine as I do, I know how popular they are. Do you, what do you guys remember, Pro Set? My, 
Uh, I remember fighting over with my brother for them in Pizza Hut because they used to give them away. They did, didn't they? Yes. <laughs> Good memory. So, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think that was one of the few, first few collections I had as well. And uh, I liked how they came in different divisions because that's, you know, in Louder, you don't get that. Like, you get the standard album or the cards collection. They had, it just went, and it was just, it was a couple of players. I mean, I think I got Ian Holloway when he was yeah. at Bristol Rovers, and they were different shades at each division. That, was, that made it different, didn't it, James? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and, you know, as you say, you don't get that now. Um, so it's good for all the divisions to be represented, but um, yeah, it was. It, I like the big obviously, binder it comes in. Well, actually, yeah, I mean that's more. I mean, as, as I was dust, dusting off my old uh, Merlin album, it was it's slightly torn and uh, yeah, that's a bit that's, it, that stood the test of time. It's a bit that. grubby, but as I said to the boys before the pod, I was on the train and there was a guy who could see this bag of stuff next to me and clearly wanted to talk about nineties football, <laughs> and I should have indulged him, but he must have wondered where I was with all this nineties nostalgia. But that binder stood the test of time. But let's move on to Merlin because I mean I think as nineties nostalgia goes that was king wasn't it I still remember um, there's two out 94 albums sitting here in the room <laughs> and they're both complete which says it all uh, and James has already said how much he loved it but it was it was the Premier League it was Mer- it just all came together as one didn't it and it, I mean it was such a vast collection wasn't it it was um, it was it was brilliant as a kid. I mean, it wasn't just stickers. You had the shinies, and you had I don't remember uh, shinies or foil. See, this is well. a generational thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, if you if you're from the eighties, it's definitely foil. So we didn't we we didn't even know the the word shiny. <laughs> so who invented shiny? <laughs> well, I, I did a bit of research in my book, and apparently um, it was invented from Pokemon cards. Oh, okay. Oh, I think it must have been earlier. But <laughs> yeah, definitely must have been an American thing. But yeah, definitely the shinies. I like the kits, obviously, as people know on this podcast, the kits and the yeah. programs. And then I also kind of, I looked, I mean, I looked through and kind of even the kind of the, the two stickers you had, the ones mm. you built. The, the giant ones, stuff. yeah. So like these ones, I mean, like Andy Sinton. Oh, <laughs> you like mentioning the QPR link, <laughs> yeah, go I was on. lit up when I got Andy, both of Andy Sinton. Look how much fluoro he's used, though. <laughs> You've got to love a bit of fluoro. Um, and then also, I think what I remember about them as well is... Obviously, the, str- the struggle to try and complete it and then having that option to go to those fairs where you could... I mean, yeah. I never did. I mean, I just had to That was in. cheating, I thought. Yeah. I know people that did go to them, but, yeah, I just felt, well, I, I've just got to spend more money. And yeah, you just want to spend more money... Until I'll get it. Well, until not I get money. Steve Sedgley. <laughs> oh, no, you had too many Steve Sedgley's. <laughs> what I liked, and I mentioned this before, is that they had this Sky Sports section in the middle where, obviously, Sky had taken over and they did some stickers, and it's a really... I'm, I'm assuming you've got it in this completed album it must be, yeah. in there, but uh, it's a sticker of John Salako and Anna Richardson, and John's wearing these really tight little shorts. It's so nineties; it's, it's it's unbelievable. But it was such a school ground thing, wasn't it, James? I mean, it used to be yeah. if you weren't in the huddle doing "Got Got Need," then you you, you weren't the cool kids anymore, were you? You, you were left out. Well, I remember it, it sort of came out around like January time, after yeah. Christmas, I think. You got it either free with shoot or match. I can't remember oh, which one. Probably um, both. <laughs> And there, there was, you know, there was a lot of pro- playground politics. You say if you went back with from the sc- after the school holidays with too much of it completed, then you know people didn't want to know. They wanted, <laughs> um, it was it was very much a sort of a, a playground thing, and you collect your pile of uh, swaps and everything. And, and yeah, I mean, I remember um, the '95 album. It was a it was a transfer. Actually, you were talking about on the last pod, the Andy Cole, move, yeah. which was a massive, massive move yeah. in in the '90s and. Uh, so he was yeah. he moved middle of the season the sticker album had already come out he was in a Newcastle <laughs> kit and I remember uh carefully cutting out his head <laughs> and uh, I think I stuck it on uh... so basically you're saying you invented Photoshop thanks to <laughs> the Merlin sticker I can't even find what's the new car NE there we go 
not ending. Yeah, there he is, shining the light in his Newcastle kit. And I think, yeah, I stuck him on one of the Manchester United heads. And uh, <laughs> Whose head? Paul Ince? I think it was Paul Ince. Yeah, it yeah. must have been Paul Ince, yeah. And, um, yeah, created a, a special um, Andy Cole sticker, which, which no one else had, which I was uh, quite pleased with. Oh, very pleased. Well, I, something I love in Greg's book is that he gives names to different types of people who swappers, who are brilliant. So quickly tell us a couple of those, because I think... I was one who was always organising it. I was always the one sort of chairing the swapping. He's like, in the playground, I'm the one trying to do the negotiating and stuff. But tell us a couple of other swappers. Well, I think you actually were in there as that, as that one. Um, uh, uh, memory slips me, but there was definitely uh, the, the, the wheeler and dealer yeah. uh, who, who tried to uh, get four or five or six or seven stickers for one no only a shiny's worth two that was the only rule but they they i also um was was told a story about how how somebody heard that uh, someone was looking for one sticker in particular uh, which was a mistake by that person for letting on so he, he went up to them and said uh, you can have the sticker but uh, i want all of your doubles for it <laughs> hard bargain in the, in, in, in the end he did crack yeah, you would do. It was so important, wasn't it, though? To when you're, I remember just the feeling of going through someone's swaps and then seeing that one you need and knowing that that was it. I needed to, the deal needed to start. Didn't you it? had to play it cool. Oh yeah, you had, yeah, cool. you couldn't yeah, yeah, show. Yeah, we could, we could do a deal. It was like now. poker, basically. <laughs> it was how we all learned to play proper poker. <laughs> Not like I can play poker now. <laughs> But it was it, something that I've got to say this because the pages in front of me that Michael was just in the first. It's just the '94 album. They have a, a rising stars section in in the Merlin album, and I mean these names. Some of them did quite well. Let's you know, Ian Selly played for Arsenal. Steve Frogger, I mean, got an England cap, didn't he? I think Steve Frogger. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much Neil Barrett, who played for Southampton. I don't think he did much else. Darren Caskey, of course, did great for Notts County. Neil Shipley. Jamie Forrester was always one that I remember. <laughs> this name, AD Mikey, or AD Mike, Man City, not sure what happened to him, and Darren Eady. But yeah, another little... I mean, that's what Merlin did. They had these little add-ons to the albums, which we, which we hadn't seen before, didn't they, Greg? Yeah, I, I think uh, one of the most in, important things about why they were successful and, and what uh, stood out compared to the, the last Panini albums was that you didn't even... I mean, I was at university then, um, so obviously I wasn't really collecting stickers with uh, I couldn't find many people at university interested in that <laughs> but I still bought the books because it, mm. it was a it, it was a stats book yeah, I, I, oh, yeah. There, there had never been so much information um, given in I mean even even in Panini's heydays although they, they gave uh, detailed biographies there was nothing ever ever like this before mm. so even without the stickers it, it was worth buying and reading mm. something I used, I did later and we'll talk about these in a second was with Pogs which were the I think the something that the 90s only had there are certain things in decades that only happen once and I don't think Pogs will happen again I don't think it happened before that I still don't know where the name comes from <laughs> but I had a Pog machine that used to make Pogs that you could buy from like Argos or something or other like used to produce your own thing so what I used to do in the playground I took swaps to the next level <laughs> I used to sell my own made Pogs. <laughs> so if someone... Because you could buy football ones, but only certain to extent. And like your homemade Andy, because somebody moved, come to Ash. I'll make you an Andy Cole Pog. And we'll sort out a shiny or two. That's what I used to do, which was, you know, that was my little entrepreneurial... I wish that carried me through to life. Um, but we're talking about Pogs. The, they were something Merlin did as well. Um, for anyone who doesn't remember the game, I 
what was the the game was kind of you had to flip them on the yeah, other side. Yeah, just kind of stack them up, stack them up on top of each other. Then you just kind of you hit them. I think if they turned over a certain yeah, way, that was the actual one proper then, pog yeah. collect. Like that wasn't a football thing. That wasn't no, actual. No, We've got yeah. a keeny, which was the thing you used to hit. So I think you won the ones that you kind of flipped over. Yeah, flipped. it was a real yeah. kind of overnight sensation that lasted a sort of you know a year or two. But then football, as you often do, cottoned on, and Merlin came out with I think they were Merlin magic caps, and I'm not sure if. They were. I don't think they were more. They were more of a collectible, more than an actual game. Because um, then uh, later for the '98 World Cup, I've got them here. They they did an international collection with Snickers. Um, James Pogs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Again, Greg's looking at me like that was way after that. <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. I I definitely collected them, but I don't really remember playing that often. Um, and yeah, it was like stickers. I mean, I think they were around about '95, '96, that sort of era. Um, and they were very similar to the stickers, weren't they? They had the, they had the players and the club's uh, names on. I think they had shinies as well. Yeah. Um, Shiny keenies, I think. And yeah, I've I'm got not some really... QPR ones here, and you can see Gary Penrice with a lovely tash. And we've got... Some, oh, there's a proper pogs! I haven't seen these for years! Dwight York? Yeah. That's, and a random Dwight York. And a random Dwight York <laughs> next to... I mean, what is that a pog? Is that what they <laughs> I, meant to I, be? I, I think it's it like is. Captain I mean, Caveman. Very, yeah, it was a very <laughs> random 90s thing... Um, Pogs, but yeah, they, they were football orientated, and I mean, it was around I think this sort of time that explosion of sort of sweet and food companies did collectibles because not only did you have sort of the Snickers Pogs, PG Tips I've got here did a set of World Cup cards. Um, I think they used to do tea bag ones. I've got here must that's much earlier. Richard Jobson for Oldham one we've got in front of me there. Um, what were they? Were they part of your childhood collection? Did you, you know the the cards? It was Golden Wonder did some shields one year as well. Were. Unfortunately, they were. I mean, I think Watsits did some. Um, the Watsits wishes that we've got uh, here. I had some of those. Uh, I think. I mean, it was a bit, kind of a bit before as well. But the candy stick kind yeah. of ones they had those as well. Again, I just think it was another thing. If you love football, you wanted to collect it, and especially it was in crisp packets and stuff. You, yeah. Fighting to get to the bottom of the crisp packet to get one, uh, and then the cereals as well. Uh, you know, you'd open up the cereals to try and get them to get there first. Um, well, you tweeted one, we've got them here as well. This is the hologram, the holograms, I love which, uh, holograms we look, which have you get this to a kid now? <laughs> I mean, they would probably laugh what would they think of that? <laughs> I think, is that I don't know, it's put out, it's Gaza. That's I can't even tell that's Gaza. That's how brilliant, and it's a basic hologram of him against, looks like Columbia. Um, I think they did England-Scotland for Euro 96, and yeah. yeah, I mean, that was when the days when you could get toys in cereal, because they did the, the pencil yeah. the kit tops, and we did, uh, uh, I think, the, the football figures at one point as well, didn't they? Just small football figures. Yeah. Great, I mean, going back in history, is that, is that something that happened, was that a re, because there was a talk cards in tea bag. was that something that happened before, or was that a very much 90s thing? Well, I'd... I'd like to at least uh, tell my uh, tree bore sweet uh, cigarette story as well, which, uh, which occurred around 97, 98. Go for it, go for it. Um, I'd, although I was uh, 24 at the time, I'd, because they had football cards and I, I bought a few packets um, and just put them on the table. And uh, it was actually um, trick-or-treat night. Uh, my, my housemate assumed that they were sweets to, uh, to give away to the people who were trick-or-treating. Uh, I was most disappointed when she'd given them away because they, actually they had a couple of Arsenal players in there. So I, I tried to run down the street after them, but it probably wasn't, uh, wasn't PC at the time. So. But, uh, no, I mean, actually uh, giving away cards, etc., and um, and stickers with uh, household goods were very popular in the, in the 70s as well. And they also used to be given away with uh, magazines yeah. there, there, there are, and comics. There are a lot of comics in, uh, in the late 60s, 70s. 
Um, so it, it wasn't something new, but it, it was obviously, uh, especially around tournament times, uh, if, if you can get the kids interested or the mums buying it for the kids, then uh, it's always going to be tried. I'm just just surprised they don't do it more in, in cereals and, and the likes now. Mm, health and safety, I think that's ruined it all. I can see James over there clutching something in his hand, and it's, it's actually some light in my eye because it's the coin collections. Only reserved for England in tournaments. Never yeah. really did it for anything else, which is surprising in the 90s because it was just so much collectible. I suppose the Premier League version never materialised. But the England ones, weren't they a petrol thing, if I remember rightly? I think these ones were Sainsbury's, but I think yeah. Texaco might have done it. Mm. I think I might, I might be wrong on that. But I, um, I love these because they're, they're properly well... You know, they're really, really well made. Uh, I mean, they're proper coins. Yeah. Um, I mean, and they look like the players, which yeah, some of these things did. don't, but they actually did. I'm like, yeah, I brought four with me today, but I mean, I, I brought this is the '98 collection, and I've got Gaza here, who obviously didn't make the squad because he's uh, um, the battle in La Manga, yeah. They, <laughs> they, they were obviously minted before uh, yeah. the squad was announced, but I think what Sainsbury's did was they, I think, four players from memory were not in the original set, and then they brought out a separate yeah, sort of, of thing. Yeah, they did. With, 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 with little stickers. <laughs> a new coin, Dad! <laughs> uh, where you could replace them, and mm. have the, so you can have the proper squad. And, but, you know, I really like them, and I, I don't know if they're done anymore. I haven't seen I them. I've not... No, it's a very unique thing. That it's, again, it's like Pogs. It happened in the 90s. I think in the 80s they did a few coin collections, but, again, it's something you'd think they'd rehash, and they haven't um, in, in modern days. It's so... Match attacks orientated the current market. Um, working, like I said, on, on the magazine that I do, they, there's no room for a lot of it. Even yeah. though, like you, what we said at the top of the show, there was you go into a new agency in the 90s and there'd be too, so many collections to choose from. Now it really seems to sort of down to one or two, which brings me to the tournament albums, really, because there's something we haven't talked about yet, but they were that's how Stick had started, basically, was really the tournaments, wasn't it? And I think. That, even though they were around in the 90s, they actually took a back seat, I think, in my, in, in, in my view, to, to everything else. Because the Premier League was so big, um, not like last year, and, and we've seen on the last couple of years where they've the, come back. But the 80s were really high for tournament albums. Do you think the 90s, do you think that, the, that was correct? I think there are a lot of mitigating circumstances. I mean, yes, 90 was successful, but um, because England didn't qualify in 94, mm. obviously th- there was a reason for that one not yeah. being successful. And then by the time we got to 98, uh, the, the Panini album, which uh, is to my right, uh, you should probably start to open it up. I will open it At up. The At the England pages. This, this was the first this one. Isn't, this isn't as complete as I'd hoped when I opened it the other day. <laughs> as long as you've got one. One, oh, one, one England sticker, then, then you should be Just remembering right. the group, wasn't it? It was later on, wasn't it? Where's, yeah, we, we'll get there. I think they're right at the back, actually, weren't they, in the, in the group section? We're getting there. This isn't good on a, a visual thing. <laughs> oh, they are right at the back, aren't they? Here we go. This is the group. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there they are in the zip-up jackets. Yeah. That that was the first album where uh, where Merlin now had the had the, the contract for for England. And they had brought out, which we've also got here, yeah. the the official yeah. England. But sticker again, album. as you will see, as, yeah. you, as you flick to the back, every other team apart from England uh, didn't have branded kit yeah. on. There we so, go. but yes. if you if you put them both together, then you've got a lovely yeah. World Cup album. <laughs> but there's a lot of stickers you need to collect for those. So. So as I say, that uh, that rather tainted uh, Panini album from from '98. It didn't stop people in 2014, but uh, at, at that point, probably people looking at it thinking uh, that this isn't the Panini album that I'm I'm used to. Mm. Just touching on modern day, which I you know we don't tend to do, but I've seen the Panini have now got England because I've seen the new Panini England sticker album. So I imagine 2016's album will. Um Will be a, a full complete. Exactly. Before it's, we go, it's a special day. It was a special day when uh, when Panini announced, that, especially for people from the eighties. Uh, 
Definitely. Before we go, because we're running out of time, there's one collection that I would like to mention before we go, and it was called Pro Match. I don't know if... Well, James has actually got a confused look on his face. <laughs> uh, but Mike is nodding like he's, he's never seen it, but uh, like he's seen it like an old friend. Um, these were completely different to any cards that... I remember going into... I think it might have been a Woolworths. Yes, Woolworths. Um, and seeing the, the, the foil packets. And these cards, they, they weren't pictures of players. They were full-on caricatures of, of the current... I think it's Premier League. And they needed some international ones as well. And, I mean, some of these are real beautiful. I mean, there's Keegan's mullet. And, I mean, they did two seasons. Look at that. That's a Limbaugh card. There's an array of different uh, artists that did them. But, no, they were a real... Um, kind of different way to do cards and a real fun thing to open and Mike you're nodding so enthusiastically tell me about Pro Match I, yeah, I just remember getting those and just going through thinking who drew these <laughs> for a lot of them I mean some of them some of them were great and uh, oh God, I don't know why it sticks in my mind but like Andrea Salenza used play for Forest and his well, was technically so yeah, sort of play yeah, for Forest yeah. I don't want it sticks in my mind but so, yeah, some of them were so over the top, but they were just something different, yeah. and I quite like that. I did a uh, ad book. I found a book as well. Yeah. I don't know if you saw, they did an annual. I found that in yeah. my loft as well. There. Although I also found these Merlin ones, which they must have been sort of an add-on to in a collection as well, because they're not as good, but again, they're drawn <laughs> ones. Um, before we wrap it up, is there any th- collection that I haven't mentioned that someone on Twitter will want to mention? Mike, is there something you, we haven't said that you want to quickly say? I don't think so. I think we've pretty much covered... Have we managed to do it? ...main ones, I think, yeah. James, I know you're still clutching your coins, but is there anything else? <laughs> no, I think, I think we've covered most things, haven't we? Um, I can't think of anything that we've missed out. I'm very happy. Greg, you're the oracle. No, no I'd like to mention the, uh, the Merlin's Euro 96 album when they, when, they right were, front of you. when they were cheeky buggers. So um, <laughs> well, I'm not sure if we've got time to open it up. But, uh, yeah, as you can see, uh, you, you have the, the stickers where they've just got head and shoulders. Mm-hmm. But uh, they did actually release uh, a collection to start with, which, which had full kits uh, with, all, with all the, the copyright, the branding, etc. So they, they were told to, uh, to remove those. So you probably actually have some of those as well. So you, yeah. you probably mix them, and they are actually worth a lot of money, the, uh, the original set, because they were withdrawn. Okay, there you go. If you've got your 96 Merlin album, you might be onto quids in them. But that is all we've got time for. We could sit here all night and, and look at all these cards and the sticker stuff, but we can't. We have to move on. And next week, we'll be talking about memorable matches of the 90s, so do join us. But for tonight, Mike, thank you. James, thank, thank, you. You. thank you. And Greg, thank you thank very you. much, guys. It's been great to have you on. Until next week, keep it 90s. This podcast is a West 12 Media and Burble Media production. 